Hey, this is Jack Blades from Shaw Blades, Damn Yankees, and Night Ranger. And that's right, you're stuck in the 80s. Keep it up. No, oh, Jack, man. you're so damn good. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the fashion. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? The music. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. And the selfishness. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. Hey, it's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And when I close my eyes, <laughs> I dream of Sean Daly. Don't tell me you love me, Spearsy. Don't tell me you love me. I do love you, Sean Daly. I know. I know. Hey, anyway, this week's show, Jack Blaze from Night Ranger joins us. Awesome. You are about to hear an awesome interview. Sean's been begging for Jack for quite some time. <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism for something. <laughs> hey, I beg for Jack every night. <laughs> Usually end up with wild turkey, though. You're drinking too much, Your Excellency. Excellency, fiddlesticks. My name's Fred. Night Ranger's playing here in Clearwater with Dennis DeYoung on January 19th at Ruth Eckert I call Hall. him DDY. You do call him DDY. I do not. The uh, it's gonna be an epic twin billing show. I'll be there on stage to introduce both acts. I will not be there. Sean will be uh, at George Strait. I've seen George Strait. No, you haven't. I have. I saw the uh, there was like a country. Uh, well, that's because all your exes do live in Texas. Yes. Sounds like a country song. Uh, and every country song reminds me of them. But I have seen him in concert. And I can say uh, I'll get the better end of the deal this really? time. Really? All right. Yeah, no all question. right. We'll he's see. Just, he's worse than Eric Clapton. I saw Night Ranger in concert, but uh, I talked to Jack Blades about that, so you'll have to listen to the interview. Now, uh, Jack is not just a one-trick uh, pony. He's uh, also got – he tours with Tommy Shaw and Shaw Blades. He formed the supergroup Damn Yankees with Ted Nugent. The Nuge. We hear some Nuge stories. Yeah, great Nuge stories. And um, he's going to tell us about uh, the, the genesis of Sister Christian. For those who don't know it, and four in the morning, and my favorite, morning. my favorite Night Ranger song. Just curious, what is your favorite Night Ranger song? Oh, that have to be this little classic. Sentimental Street, my friend. Yeah, you do live on Sentimental Street. I do. It's That's right a- around the corner from the Boulevard of Broken <laughs> Dreams. <laughs> yeah. That's where you shop. God, Sentimental Street could be the alternate name for the blog. <laughs> yeah, that's for shit sure. Yeah. <laughs> God. Anyway, we don't want to hold you up any longer. We want plenty of Jack for this show. This is a great, great interview. I mean, he really is. A, he's one of the most likable front men in, uh, in Power Rock. I gotta explain first of all though that it got off to the interview got off to a rocky start. We had some phone problems on our end. And so by the time we finally get connected with him, 
Sean and uh, Jack launch into this little tirade about telephones and cell phones and airport water. And what, what else did you cover during your little? I don't uh, know. We really bonded, though. It was, it was instant bonding between Sean Daly and Jack Blades. They were like best friends right from the start. Yeah. So uh, bear with us as we as Sean and uh, and Jack go on their little wild tangent for a second. But and then after that, it's pure Night Ranger, pure t- uh, Jack Blades. So without further ado, here we go. All right, Jack, how is it now? Yeah, yeah, there you go. All you right, guys are geniuses. Good. We're, we're calling from a payphone, and we only have three quarters. <laughs> so, Remember the day when people actually used payphones? I know, I know. That I mean, was before, the, um, before our cell phone. Think of all the stuff that went on, and we didn't have cell phones. I always thought that would be a really good st- Yeah, but I hate that people can always find me. I hate yeah. that I have a blog and email now. Now I just want to go hide. That is that is really true, man. Now, it's like you know, I got my iPhone. It's like people can like email you, text you, or or call you at any given moment. You and you feel obligated to respond. I know, I know, and it's like, I, and then even though I'm doing all that, when I see other people doing, I'm like, who are they talking to? Yeah, what the hell are you doing, man? How is it that how is it that a thousand people around me all have really somebody to talk to? Aren't there any lonely people anymore? Yeah, and another thing. What's with two dollars for a bottle of water in an airport? <laughs> This is Come turning, on. This What's that? I mean, when, what, how about... <laughs> where do we end? It's turning into a Seinfeld skit. 1975 telling people they're going to charge two bucks for a, a small little bottle for water. <laughs> and everybody go, are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's turned into a Seinfeld skit here. Um, well, cool. Hey, listen, man, thanks for being so patient. Thanks for calling back. No problem. No problem. We're, we're extremely excited to talk to you. Um, Steve Spears uh, is actually going to be, I guess, introducing you guys, or at least uh-huh. doing the announcements when you guys are at Ruth Eckerd Hall in Clearwater on January 19th. Right. And the last time I saw you guys, you were playing the St. Pete Waterfront. What was that? Maybe a year or two ago. And uh, it was during this thing they had called Rib Fest, which is this mat that gets hundreds of thousands of people there. Oh, and, yeah. And you guys were playing that. And uh, I had my mother, like my 66-year-old mother, my fiancé, and my two-year-old kid. It's sweltering heat. And they're like, we want to go home. I'm like, we, got, we can't go home. We got to wait for Night Ranger. Oh, that's so funny. I think, in, I think um, um, Robin Zander from Cheap Trick came out. Yeah, like, he did. He did. He did. That's in fact, right. I remember that. was Actually, that was really fun. It was like, but you're right. It was like in January or something like that or February. And it was, it was like 80-something degree. I'm like, are you kidding me? So are you guys having fun on this current tour? You having a good time? You know what? It's just starting up this year. We're just kind of cranking it up this year. I've been on, on tour with... Um, with Tommy Shaw doing the Shaw Blades Shaw Blades, album. right. And we just got off tour, I think, about like three weeks ago. In fact, we have two more shows we have to play next week. And then, and then th- now we start up with everything else again, and now we're cranking up the Night Ranger machine. It's very exciting. There's a th- lot of stuff going on. I just got back from Vegas doing a show with Don Felder from the Eagles. Oh, wow, that's oh, nice. cool. Very- and Lou Graham. I called up my buddy Lou and got him, and I'm telling you, I had such a blast. I mean, we sat there and sang... You know, hot blooded and yeah. you know, um, um, jukebox hero. Oh God! Did you do any eagle stuff? We did. We did uh, Hotel California and Tequila Sunrise and Take It Easy. Well, you know, the great thing about the Shaw Blades album is that, that you and uh, Tommy go after this stuff that is, uh, I, you know, I didn't know if it was going to work or not. And not only does it work, but it works spectacularly. I mean, it's a great, great album. Yeah, dude. How about Lucky Man? I mean, it's like it has no one, in, no one in their right mind would ever cover that song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> we went in there and did it, and Tommy played the what? end solo on guitar, and it's like, you know, Greg Lake loved it. Ooh, what a lucky man he was. The 
this is what, like my first my first real question for you okay. is that you've been in all these like kind of I you know iconic bands and, and and these great bands, but all different bands. You're a Night Ranger, which is kind of like this cohesive unit. You you go to a super group like Damn Yankees, and then you and Tommy have this great duo with Shaw Blades. How do you change your musical approach to each one, or maybe you don't? Do you have a different role in each, or are you still the same Jack Blades? I kind of I, you know what I'm I'm still. I'm still me, you know what I mean? And yeah. and what's nice about it is in each one of these in, in in each one of these bands, I mean Night Ranger, it's like it's who we started out with, it's who we are, it's you know, it's our music and everything like that. And then Damn Yankees when we started Damn Yankees, it became sort of like you know, this really rocking, you know, with Tommy and Ted and Man, I gotta tell you, I learned so much. You know, I mean, we learned so much from from Nuge. I mean, I mean, you know, Ted's the kind of guy. I mean, I, here I am, here I am in Night Ranger, and Tommy's from Sticks, and you know, Ted's, you know, we're playing with the Motor City Madman. I mean, right. Ted, Ted's the kind of guy that taught me if you're gonna like scream, scream the loudest, most blood curdling scream you can ever scream. Right. If you're gonna jump, jump the highest you can jump. If you're gonna like, you know, shove your bass neck through the the kick drum, it better go right through and right up the drummer's ass. You know what I mean? He's like, that's that's Ted, right? And so, and then you take these things, at, you know, into your next thing that you do or whatever. And so you have like this attitude or this musical excursion that you've been on, and you take it into the next development of whatever you're, you know, creating. And then you take it into a Shaw Blades. And when we we look at these songs we wanted to do. Maybe it was the Nugent fearlessness that, that said, let's tackle this song, let's do that song. Let's, you know, who knows, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, then when you, and then when you do, a, uh, like we did a new Night Ranger record, I, I think this is one of the most, you know, hardest rockin' Night Rangers we've done since Dawn Patrol. So, so I think all those things sort of build up, you know, and help you, and, you know, and, and help you in, in, you know, in whatever you're doing. I mean, for Shaw Blades, I mean, here we are, Tommy and I, going out with, you know, two acoustic guitars, in our voices, okay? And we're playing, you know, we're playing six songs, Night Ranger songs, damn Yankee songs we haven't played for 15 years or 12 years, and, and, and as well as the songs off the Influence CD. But maybe it's that fearlessness. Maybe it's that, like, here we are. Let's just nail it. And we had so much fun because it's something we'd never done before in our lives. And believe me, we've done way too much. <laughs> hey, Jack, I want to ask you a second about that 2007 album, Hole in the Sun, because I've been reading a lot about about it on the message boards, and your fans are just, you know, they love it. They think it's, I've heard it compared to saying it's one, it's easily as good as one of the first three uh, big albums that you guys turned out. I mean, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited about the record. That's the first record I've ever really made where I sit and put it on. I, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the first seven, eight songs, and I just don't even want to turn it off. I'm like, oh, yeah, and then this one. I always can judge it when I play it for my friends, and I'm like, well, listen to this one, listen to this one. And the guys are like sitting there going, okay, this is an hour and a half later or whatever. <laughs> How many of the tunes will we hear from uh, that album on this uh, at Ruth Eckerd? Like probably, you know, like three or four. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You know, you have to you have to balance it all out because because we haven't, you know, the album's being released in the states in April, I think, with VH1 Classic Records, the ones that did the Shaw Blades record. Yeah. And and the Shaw Blades record actually sold very successful, over fifty thousand sound scanned units and stuff. So. We're happy with that. In the old days, we would have heads will roll, but nowadays it's like that's a hit record. Right, it's pretty right. funny. But um, we're we're like you know you have to balance it. it you know, the fans want to you know the people that are coming to hear you they want to hear certain things, and you can't just pound them over the head with all new material because they'll be like, right. you know, it's like you know before they've heard it or something like that, waiting for you to do Sister Christian or something. So yeah, I know you guys aren't skimpy with the hits. I mean, you pretty much just boom, boom, boom. 
you know? Right, right you, exactly. So it's a balancing act. So we'll, we'll probably put like three, maybe three, three new songs in the uh, Ruth Eckert show. Hey, let me go back, right? You, you were talking about the nudes, right? I mean, how much of Ted Nugent is, is it just BS? Is that he's putting on a bit of a show? And how much is he really like just totally insane? Well, Ted Nugent's been, he's been Ted Nugent since the, you know, late 60s. <laughs> so what you see is what you get. And it is It is that. I mean, Ted and I are great friends. In fact, I, I co-produced his, his latest album, Love Grenade. I did it, we did it up in my studio here last, uh, last love, May and June. Love Grenade. Yeah, Love Grenade. And it, 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 I'm telling you, man, Ted is, Ted is, is, he's playing like he's a 25-year-old kid out of his mind. I mean, he's screaming louder. I mean, just, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, and that's Ted, you know? That is Ted. Did and he ever do anything to scare the ever-loving shit out of you? Right. <laughs> you know what? It's... It, that's always been beyond that. Ted and I have always had a great relationship, you know, since the beginning of the damn Yankees. And, and I've never BS'd him, and, and, and so he respects me for that. Because a lot of people around Ted going, yeah, Ted, all right, Ted, you know. And, and I'll go, well, that sucks. And he'll like, what? And I'm like, you can do better, or whatever. So yeah. I'm the, I'm the guy who gets to tell Ted he can do better. So. And you're not afraid of getting, like, shot in the ass or anything like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. And we're, so we're, we're really good buds. And, and so I... You know, when he came to make his new album, he, you know, he trusted me. He called me and said, let's do it together. I want you to be in the middle of this thing. And I said, great. And he knows that there's no agenda with me with his music. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Jack, let me ask you this. I've always wanted to know this. Night Ranger and Sister Christian are phrases that music fans, for better or for worse, have genetically kind of attached together. But if you could pick one Night Ranger song to be associated with, if you, if you could narrow it down to one or two, would it would Sister Christian be one of them, or, or which ones would you pick? It's a very good question. I probably, I probably think that like Sister Christian is great. I think I, I'm, I, I, you know, when you close your eyes is always. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. That's you, my favorite. You know, I just, I mean, I, I remember when we were making that record, and I was like, you know, we were cutting the Midnight Madness album, and I'm in like. You guys, you know, the producers like we need some lyrics on this thing real quick, and I'm like, I had the chorus, and I'm like, uh. uh so I flew to Arizona for the weekend to my parents and sat by a pool and wrote all the lyrics to, I think, that one and got a start on the Sentimental Street for the next album and some other things. And I came back and I, I don't know, man, that, that one just really, when you close your eyes, it's really something that, that hits pretty close to home to me. That and, I'm, and I love Rumors in the Air and, of course, Don't Tell Me You Love Me, you're always... Dude, sort of, what about, come on, four in the morning? You know, then there's four in the morning. You're well, right. Come you're on, because right. I defend to the death the genius of four in the morning, and people are like, no, no, we love Eddie's coming out. You know, all this other stuff. Come on, that's genius. You know what? Four in the morning was a... I always liked that one because the title of the song wasn't the chorus. And I thought that was a good... You know, the chorus, I can't take anyone. Well, I just I like the way that... Such a hard time loving you. But I mean, I always liked that because I just woke up. It was one of those things where I just like went... You know, it was like literally four in the morning. I was like, "Ing!" I'm like, "Why am I up?" And I just looked. You know, and I, I sat there, and it, and it was dark outside. And I got up and I went into my living room. I sat there, and I'm like, "Shit, it's four in the morning, man! That freaking came out of nowhere." I'm like, and I literally sat down and went, four in the morning it came without a warning. Everybody's got a place to be." You know, I'm like, I, just out of nowhere, and I actually wrote that song. At <laughs> so I stayed up and you know wrote the tune, and that's actually how it came about. So I thought, well, let's start it with those lyrics.
so you made you made my year already. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing well, I love hey, about the year is young, right? Well, still, no, that's going to carry. That's going to carry me at least until October. Well, the thing I just one more thing about four in the morning because I'm obsessed with that song. I mean, is that the tonal shifts? You know, you open up with that little string thing, and the video was always was always cool too. I always liked the video, but I mean, the song shifts. You know, it, it's I just love the way it's just you. You never know which direction it's going, and boom, you're in there. You know, right, right, right. It's a, you know, it's definitely one of my you know favorite songs too. I mean, I gotta ask too about uh, Steve brought up Sister Christian, but you know, and, and and Kelly wrote that, right? But then, but then it's kind of funny. Like Kelly wrote that, but he didn't write a ton else, did he? Right, right. I mean, it's like is that like divine intervention? Like all of a sudden he writes it for his sister, and then boom, that's you know. I was thought that it was interesting how he never really had that much of a, a songwriting role besides like your biggest hit. Well, you know. Certain people are just, you know, they're, Kelly and I have always, you know, when we sat down like he did um, 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 Sing Me Away, I think we co-wrote that one together. We've co-wrote a lot of the songs. And Kelly, with Sister Christian, had this thing, and it was called Sister Christy, because his sister's name is Christy. But we all thought he was, <laughs> we all thought he was singing Christian when he sang it, because he'd go, he'd go, Sister Christy, oh, the time. And I always thought he was singing Sister Christian. One day he wrote down... The, the title of the thing, and we're like, Sister Christy, what are you talking about? And he goes, Well, yeah, my sister's name's Christian. We're like, No, dude, it's Sister Christian. And he's like, Well, that's not my sister's name. And I'm like, Poetic license, man. We should call it Christian. That sounds really, really cool. And he goes, You think so? But my sister will get pissed. I'm like, Hey, man, she'll get over it. <laughs> and you know what? He, it, it was like, it was like we're like, Okay. And so we, you know, we changed it to Christian. In the you know. Next thing you know, everybody thinks it's about a nun who sells dope to school kids or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, I mean, really, so calling a sister Christian, all of a sudden it, it took on that new, where everyone was Correct. trying to decide what it meant, and it took on this new aura, like, as this quasi-religious feel to it. Exactly. Oh, definitely. And then, and then we filmed the video, and it's so funny, we had this video, and we're like, we're on tour nonstop, and then we're like, you know, we had just, we'd released our second album, and, and we were like, you know, slammed behind You Can Still Rock in America, and they said, okay... We're releasing Sister Christian next. We need to do a video. And we're like, we have no time to do it. And we're like, okay, we're home for three days in, in like, April or March or April. And, like, uh, well, okay. And we said, well, okay, let's film a video somewhere where we where I'll live. And we lived in the Bay Area. So they find this high school. And they just developed this whole thing, like, out of, forced out of necessity to do it at San Rafael High School in, in, in you know, in Marin County, California. And we're like, great, just film. Uh, here's the idea. Okay, great. Let's just do it. Let's just go in and do it. And so we went and filmed this thing, and the person that came up with it was great because it was, you know, like the Catholic schoolgirl graduating. And, and, of course, that became like the graduation song from everybody for the class of 1984 and 1985. And, sure. uh, you know, it, it took on the, the whole life of its own, and it was all just by happenstance. Oh, is, yeah. is it still as much fun to play these days? Or do you kind of get like to the point where you're like, God, time to play Sister Christian again? No nah, man, I, I you know what? That's that's something that 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 a lot of people, you know, I mean, you would think that because you know you played it for the umpteenth time. I re- I always remember like you know Jagger in some interview like twenty years ago or something like that saying, "I'm not going to be playing Satisfaction when I'm 60. and I'm like, "Yeah, right, <laughs> right, yeah." Watch this, you know what I mean? And it, and it's like it's like when you look out there and you start that song. And you see everybody like just freaking out, and then you see everybody raising their hands, and you see everybody just getting ready to sing "Motorant" with you. I mean, you can't help but feeling like, "Wow, it's like the first time you ever played it." So, to answer your question, no, I never get tired of playing any of those songs. 
cool thing is Kelly steps up from behind the drums. You know, it's very dramatic when I saw him and he steps to the front of the stage. Right, right. And exactly. so everyone's like, holy shit, it adds real drama to it. Oh, you're going to love it. Yeah, exactly, I haven't seen you guys exactly. play live. This will be my first time. So. Oh, they're great. Jack's one of the great front men. He's awesome. Now, a couple years after Sister Christian, you went on and you recorded um, the theme song for the movie Secret of My Success. Right, right. The Michael J. Fox movie. Right. How'd that come about? Well, um, um, a producer buddy of mine, David Foster, called and said, I'm doing the <clears throat> I'm doing the music for this uh, movie, The Secret of My Success. And then Michael J. Fox called us and was a fan of Night Rangers and said, hey, Night Ranger, and said, hey, um, you know, we're doing this movie. And we're like, yeah, we're in. So I went down there and, like, wrote the song with Foster. And, and um, we recorded that. And um, it was uh, just really great. I mean, it was very enjoyable, really fun. We've had a lot of songs in a lot of movies. And, I, of course, you know, Tommy and I co-wrote a couple songs with the guys in Aerosmith that were in the Armageddon soundtrack, and Dan oh. Yankees had songs in movies. So the movie thing is a is a pretty familiar um, um, feel, you know, place for us to be. And um, uh, we just, you know, it just happened that that one was a real strong one for us. And the, I love the song the "Secret of My Success." What'd you think of your? Uh, what'd you think of Bo- Boogie Nights? I mean, your sister Christian play is a real climactic moment in that. Yeah, I thought that was the crowning moment of, of like you know like Mark Wahlberg like bottoming out. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, that was oh, the I- scene. And I tell you, man, we all saw that movie and we're all like 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 sweat beads are pouring out of the, our foreheads because believe me, in the early eighties, we've been in houses like that. <laughs> <laughs> we were in houses like that with the freaking piles of like. <laughs> And everybody hung, and some guy over there, like, oh, you know, shooting off firecracks, and everybody tweaked out. I mean, believe me, we were all like, my wife and I were looking at each other, going, whoa, <laughs> this is a little too real. <laughs> but even that, yeah, that, that moment when they played in that, even that gives Sister Christian even more drama, you know, it, because this is supposed to represent Mark Wahlberg's ex- exactly like he's thinking back of like, he used to be innocent, and now he's like, you know, his life is totally messed up. So. Like, what am I doing here? And then the gunshot, and everybody's shooting, it's like, what the fuck have I, excuse me, no, what that's the right, hell you can have say I it. done? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. Oh, I love it that you guys are in that. That's a great, and that gives you guys even more credit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that guy, I think that director now is doing that new um, Daniel Day-Lewis movie. Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas really Anderson. Good. Yeah, he's great. In it fact, was fun. That- he really wanted Sister Christian in that. I mean, he was like, he sought that out. I mean, Boogie Nights was kind of like a like a like an indie movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was not a big, believe me, a big budget. I mean, he sought us out, sought that song out, sought it all out. He was like, oh, it's got to be this. So you guys always came off as like you had your your, your shit together, but uh, really, you're talking about. I mean, you guys were were. I mean, was there a time with like uh, Midnight Madness and then um, Seven Wishes where where you just really you guys were partying tons? Were you guys a huge party band? You know what? I mean, you can't help it when you just like you, you go out there and and you know I mean here we are like in in 1982, 1980, you know 83, and we hit the road and we were like on you know 18 month two year tours and we're out there constantly playing and touring. I mean, it's the perfect lifestyle if you're like a 21 year old single male. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like the, I wouldn't know about this. I was yeah, a really right. I was a really I mean, sad. But I mean, after male. a while, you really realize that 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 you can't. I mean, for all the people that are coming to your shows. That's the night that they save up to party for the whole month or something. 
and you're in a different city every night. So if you go out with them and rock and roll the way they want you to, by about the fourth day, you're going to be frickin' toast or dead, one of the two. So, I mean, I think you learn real quick to find, you know, you, you know water seeks its own level. You find out what works for you and what doesn't. And, and after a while, you just can't go out. And you see what happens when guys do go out, man. They, they just flame out. Yeah. Hey, listen, I know that a lot of fans, you know, both uh, Styx and Night Ranger fans are going to be at the show uh, tomorrow night, or uh, January 19th, and they're going to have a lot of questions about the, the six degrees of Jack Blades. So you're touring with Dennis DeYoung. And you're also uh, great, great pals with Tommy Shaw. Uh, and those two are not, well, we don't really know, but I, I'm imagining those two aren't the best of buddies, Dennis Young and Tommy Shaw. Is it ever weird for you? I mean, uh, you know, that here you are touring with Dennis, and then you have Tommy. And it, or maybe do we make a bigger deal about that? I think people make a bigger deal out of, out of that. You know what I mean? What happens in, in bands? I mean, bands are like marriages, dude. And it just like it's like you can't stay together because... You know, in a marriage, it's like, let's stay together because all our friends want us to be right. together. You know what I mean? I mean, marriages are, it, it, bands are like marriages. And when stuff happens, stuff happens. And, and that's the way it is. But, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, we're playing this, you know, we're playing this one show with Dennis. And I think we played a show with him last year and stuff like that. And, and this sort of thing happens. It's just, it's, it's just like a marriage. And it's also rock and roll. So yeah. there you go. You well, know I mean? but that's also what fans like to talk about, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, and people want to look for drama and they want to look for uh, you know like problems and you know how it's like the world it's like tv and everything like that people want to stir up the stir up the stuff sometimes when it's not even there right yeah yeah that's with those those journalists you know those journalists are always trying to cause trouble <laughs> hey, hey jack we had heard a rumor that uh after playing here in clearwater you guys are heading down to guantanamo bay cuba we are we're going to play for the troops we're going to let the troops know that you can still rock in america baby awesome well we have a really good friend down there named jeff who i think you might be uh he's a he's a also a commander but also a dj down there jeff johnson and, why don't you hook us up with him when we i get think down you there? are well believe it or not i think you do uh, i think your 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 tour manager has set that up i think you're going to be talking to him but that, oh great you know that means a great deal to them that you guys are coming down there to support them hey man we're excited we're gonna we're gonna just like blaze away with some like serious rock and roll for those cats and i think they're gonna love it man Awesome. awesome. I mean, we're going. Yeah, I mean, we're going down there. It's the least we can do. I mean, I was talking to Toby Keith, and he was telling me when Nugent and Toby went over to Iraq and and Afghanistan, he said it was just like he said it was an amazing experience, man. Yeah. I mean, it was just really. It, it's it's the right thing to do, brother. I mean, that's the way I feel, and so. So we're down there. We're right after on the twentieth. We fly military transport right down to Gitmo. Yeah, you better believe that that, that crowd is going to be fired up to see you guys. Yeah, man, they're going to they're going to want to do some rocking. Yeah, I they are. They're going to want to cut loose. Yeah, you know it. What do you think? One of our best? One of our best. How many times do we get people to sing for us? How many times do I say the word shit? What am I, why am I so profane with the rockers? I'm totally going to get busted on. For, like, Remember, I was like a Red Fox show when I was talking to Brian Johnson. Oh, yeah. You were intentionally uh, trying to... Uh, what, what, what's so my problem? You're, you're just trying to be nice. By you're the just way, should we tell the people I'm growing a beard? Yeah. That's... looks like Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> Sean Daly has this... Uh, what is that? It's kind of an Amish beard. My beard's so soft, though. What you have right now is what I have, like, at 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> the mustache coming in red. 
almost precedent. <laughs> it's coming in sweet, Spearsy. It's coming in sweet. So anyway, I hear you have a Night Ranger quiz for I do me. Indeed, and I gotta tell you, this one is not easy. You really better have your uh, your teet together for this one. All right. Well, ready? Yeah. Question number one. Name the other names the band had before changing it to Night Ranger. Uh, I think I might know this. Because I did a little uh, Jack Blades homework. I'm going to say those two names are Rubicon and Stereo. Uh, oh, come on! No, I Ru- can't say the word Rubicon and get it wrong. Rubicon is the name of the band Jack was in before forming. Damn. Stereo is correct. And then they became Ranger. I don't know why I'm laughing at that. And they had to uh, change that to Night Ranger after a country band called the Rangers uh, claimed uh, copyright infringement. Just as well. Just as well. <laughs> All right, I didn't get that I like right. Night Ranger better. I do, too. I like the name Night Ranger. So I'll give you half credit because you, you got stereo. You know, we should say that fans are extremely passionate about Night Ranger. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. Is I want to chill. It's instant feel-good music. It'd is be it fun one of those bands, though? Is it a, is, I mean, can you really be a... Proud Night Ranger fan. I mean, are you going to wear like a Night Ranger concert shirt to work, or is it one of the more guilty pleasures of the? I 80s? want a Night Ranger shirt. You want to buy you one? Yeah. They have your size. Yeah, man, I'm almost at three X. I can get you two days. of them. We can stitch them together. <laughs> night, Night Ranger, Ranger. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. I was just talking to a couple friends, actually Sparky and Gee, who uh, come to my blog quite often. Uh, they said they. Uh, I know uh, they drove like six hours to see him the other day. Wow, to see Night Ranger. Yeah, it's good. I would. I I think the the appeal of Night Ranger is the same appeal as stuck in the eighties, right? You go back to yeah, you go back. Well, no, you go back to kind of a safe haven, a comfort time. And they were good rockers. They could rock. They're fun to see in concert. They are. I'm very earnest today. I'm very earnest. I know. Let's hug. Where's the the trouser? Where's the trouser jokes? (laughs) They're coming. (laughs) Question number two. Are you ready? Yes. The band had three platinum albums in the row in a row in the eighties. Can you name them? I can name them. Uh, Dawn Patrol, Midnight Madness, and Seven Wishes. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. They're, uh, next... Don't tell me you love Miss Beersy. <laughs> the next album they came after that was uh, Big Life. But it's, it, it, uh, it was a gold album, but not platinum. I'm going to hit you with the reverse question. <laughs> what, was <laughs> their... <laughs> what was their second highest charting song? First one was Sister Christian, which got to number two on the U.S. mainstream rock charts. What was their second highest ranking? Sentimental Street. Wasn't That's right. It? Yeah. Their third most highest ranking song. Uh, when you close your eyes. No. It's, what was it? Don't tell me you love me. was number four when you crash your eyes got to the 14th but anyway great stuff great stuff great songs question number three yes true or false so even you have a 50 50 chance on this one sister christian was written in 1983 for the album midnight madness true false written and sung by uh, the drummer for his sister back in 1982 for the first album dawn patrol but the uh, band felt it would harm their reputation as a hard rock Dude, act. that's a total trick question. 
It's one of the first songs. That they actually, is so one of the suspect. First that, uh, that would never be an SAT question. Oh, it would be an SAT There's question. There's too many loopholes in it. I know, and so does the SAT. <laughs> That's why I end up going to. Uh... That, yours would be the FAT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Swing. All right. Okay, that's a good question. Sucked. I'll give you that one. Yeah, it did. Question number four. Yes. In the late 80s, when Jack Blades left Night Ranger to form Damn Yankees, yes. who replaced him on base? Oh, I have no idea. Gary Moon. I still have no idea. The <laughs> no, name Gary are. Moon just went in my head. And Before joining Night Ranger, Gary Moon was in a band called The Pack with Steve Isham of Autograph. Awesome. Wow. This is some killer minutia. I know. I'm sorry. When it comes to Night Ranger, the, the trivia is uh, you have to go deep. Yeah. Uh, and number five, the final question. How many members of the original band are still with Night Ranger? I'm going to say uh, three. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the most important ones. Right. Jack uh, Kelly on drums and Brad Gillis on guitar. Brad Gillis can play. So how'd you do? Not bad, about fifty fifty. Yeah, you, 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 you know, I, I, you know, I was really after you, that one sister Christian question. Just that really upset me. <laughs> All right, Stephen Q. Spears, what else you got for me? What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, uh, I'll tell you what I have for you, Mister Sean Daly. Name that movie quote. This is a segment where we play a piece of a movie from the eighties, and if you can name the movie. Email us and you can win. Bupkis? Still nothing? Nothing. No one's come forward with any great prizes for us. How about an autographed picture of Marissa? Oh, yes. Hey, Marissa, are you up for that one? She is reaching mythic status. People come up to me on the streets who don't even know me and say, Who's Marissa? uh, It actually came up at uh, Christmas dinner this year. She's a polarizing force. And I, I think she'd be happy to hear that. But some people adore her, and some people, maybe not so much. <laughs> a polarizing force. And yet so am I. And so are you, you Spearsy. That's, that's all right, Marissa. I'm like the force. I surround us and bind us together. You do. You do. Anyway, uh, here right. is this week's movie quote. It was out of hand. It was a metaphysical precision collision. Mr. Daly? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What is it? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if you can name it, email us at stuckinnews at tampabay.com and you could be a boing winner. Ah, oh, 2008. Is this uh, uh, one of your New Year's Are resolutions? You me? Wiener! <laughs> hey, it's, I'm a one trick pony as well. You're a one trick wiener. Hey, by the mystical sound of the music, it must be time for Reader Mailbag. Hey, uh, Sean Daly has once again digged through his uh, electronic mailbox and pulled out one of his uh, favorite emails from the week to, to uh, read for us. What do you got, Sean? This is from our good friend Brad, who uh, gave me a little shit for uh, posting a Hannah Montana item on my blog. And I wasn't really happy about that. But then I forgave Brad because I have a lot of forgiveness in my heart. <laughs> a lot of Funyuns. So this is uh, so I said, you know what? Let's patch up uh, these wounds and let me read Brad's letter. Guys, you had me rolling with the last podcast with the hot, hot, hot bit. Ah, yes, that was from our um, one hit wonders of eighty seven, eighty seven, all the cruise stuff. 
First, let me say that I am not a fan of this song. This summer, my in-laws took the whole tribe on an Alaskan cruise. Dinner on the last night, steak and lobster tail. I ate seven lobster tails with my steak. Good Lord. (laughs) Much to my family's amazement, the server just kept bringing them out. Was followed by the big dessert presentation of what else? Baked Alaska. The massive trays of dessert were paraded around the dining room by the kitchen staff to the tune of, you guessed it, Buster Poindexter's Hot, Hot, Hot. Oh, my. Of course, the song was a major earworm for my eight-year-old twins, who sang parts of it for the rest of the summer. (laughs) Keep up the good work, Brad. Wow, seven lobster tails. That's epic. Yeah, I could probably do that. You know, it reminds me of a young Sean Daly. Oh, you can tell the lobster tail story. (laughs) Maybe four or five, and I would eat... My parents, when I was really sad, they'd take me out to a restaurant and they'd order me twin lobsters. And I loved my lobsters so much, my mom and dad would have the waiter clean out the lobster shells so I could bring them home and play with them in my bathtub. That's <laughs> so disturbing. <laughs> I think I've told that story like eight times. I, I love it, though. But even more disturbing is that, you know, every kid has, you know, the, the corners of the bathtub when you have kids are loaded with toys and stuff like that. You remember the last time you took a bath. Uh, and but the lobster, the the heads, the carci, you know, would sit up there and they'd turn pink and they'd curl, <laughs> oh, and so they'd be these rotting <laughs> crustacean shells. And I'd still kind of play with them until my mom and dad would throw them out. But then they'd take me for more twin lobsters because I was a quite quite often a sad boy, and uh, and the, the the games would commence. Why are you doing? Why are you making that face? What's so bad about playing with lobster shells? Ugh. God, I don't even know where to start sometimes. I'm hungry to tell lobster. these stories. That was a great letter from uh, Brad, by the way. And Brad, f- I forgive you for the Hannah Montana slight. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh. if we can depart from the lobster tail. Uh, the lobster tail! It's, it's a horror story, Sean. No, it's not! I probably smell a little fishy, though. <laughs> but they were thoroughly scrubbed and cleansed. They couldn't have been cleansed enough to bathe with. Anyway, it's time for Name That 80s Tune. Hey, this is the segment where we play a snippet of the song from the 80s. And if you can name the name of the song and the artist, you can email us for a chance at nothing. Dude, why don't you fill it up? Why don't you go down to the dollar store and buy some fun prizes to send to people? Is that what everybody wants? Something? Yes. Okay, that's fair enough. I can do that. Hey, magnets are still available. We still have our little... uh, How about a bag of Funyuns? Why don't you send little mini bags of Funyuns? I'll sign each one. Oh, that's a good idea. A yeah. bag of Funyuns on Sean Daly. <laughs> I'll, I'll sign them. We'll go down to the vending machine downstairs right now. We're going to keep shoving quarters in there until we have everybody satisfied. Whoever gets this, we'll buy them a bag of Funyuns, and I'll sign the bag, and we'll ship them off. That sounds fair. Fair enough. Collectible Funyuns. That'd be a good band name, too. Collectible Funyuns. Yes. Anyway, here is your Funyun mystery song. Aha! Good one, Spears. As always, if you know the name of the song, email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com, and you could be a wiener. Get my Sharpie ready. I'm going to sign some Funyuns. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s. Just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at TampaBay.com. Ah, another pointless commercial break. 
Starting to like those. Why don't you call up the good people at Frito Lay who make Funyuns and see if they can Funyuns can sponsor our show? That would be nice. It would be nice. Get some of that Funyun money. I could the Funyun commercials. You could do it. You could do like celebrity endorsement. I'd of even Funyuns. drive around a Funyun car, like a car bedecked with Funyun. <laughs> Like the Wienermobile? Pro- propaganda, yeah. I drive a big, oh. I drive a big onion ring. Oscar Mayer let me drive the Wienermobile as part of the Stuck in the 80s thing. Yes. Yeah. I don't think they're going to like that connection. But ugh. Anyway. So I'm looking forward to the concert. You won't be there, but I'll be on stage. Yes, yes. Uh, Steve Spears will be introducing Night Ranger at, on January 19th at Ruth Eckerd Hall in Clearwater, Florida. Are you excited about that? Always. You're going to sweat like a son of a bitch again, aren't you? <laughs> hey, I've done this once now before. Sooner or later, your heart's going to explode. You know, the worst part is you hop out there. and yeah, You have, haven't hopped in about 15 years. <laughs> you have to hop over the wires or you fall. And you get out there and you, and you talk into this microphone and suddenly it's blaring back at you and everyone's kind of looking at you like you're an idiot to begin yeah. with. And... Yeah, I mean the the blood pressure tweaks up a little bit. Didn't you get laughs last time you introduced? Who'd you introduce last? Oh, John Waite. John Waite. Oh. Yeah, and I kind of went. I started riffing and and freelancing during it. Oh, I only, that's great. I only that's covered exactly. half the stuff I was supposed to say. You're, you're and, a regular Robin Williams up there, Spears. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm more like Garp. Well, I'm bummed. I'm going to be at George Strait, and you're going to be there. Tell Jack Blades I said hi. I will. I give him a sign a bag of Funyuns for you. How's that? <laughs> that's cool. That'd be great. That's a, that's our new currency. I think, I think that's when they remove me from backstage. Like, okay, uh, Steve, it's time to go. Well, listen, play us out here with um, a little Night Ranger to get us all pumped up for the show. Will do. In the meantime, uh, Sean with his bag of Funyuns, me with my Wienermobile, Jack Blades with Night Ranger. Hey, we're all here, right here, stuck in the eighties. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. To read our blog, go to blogs.tampabay.com slash 80s. Email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. Don't tell me you love me, because baby, I don't want to know. Nice, Sean.